Church Sam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. <laughs> The majority of the 1900 inmates here are serving long sentences 
for unspeakable ground. And when I came at you, I wasn't just going to stick you an inch. I was going to run something all the way through. Twelve are due to be executed on the orders of the state. I
last man to be given a lethal injection at Indiana State Prison was Matthew Eric Wrinkles. Convicted of killing his wife and two relatives, he spent 14 years on death row. of December the 11th, 2009, Wrinkles was put to death in this building. Superintendent Bill Wilson, who presides over all executions at Indiana State Prison, is taking me to its death chamber. So these are the steps which an inmate who is about to be executed would take into this, into this area. Correct. Um, there's a, uh, a process or a time frame in which we do everything. But yes, uh, approximately between four and five uh, the night of the execution, we would bring the offender over here, and he would be housed in a uh, holding cell until the time of the execution. As the appointed time for the execution draws nearer, the prisoner is kept under close observation. This is usually a very quiet time for the offender, though. Some make themselves uh, preoccupied with television. Uh, others just sit here and, and meditate and, and are very quiet for the last few hours. My job is one single event, and that's to, to put this man to death. That's, that's very... Um, a surreal moment in time. Now, new overnight, the state has executed an Indiana man convicted of killing his wife and two of her relatives. Matthew Wrinkles died by lethal injection just after one this morning. A jury convicted him of killing his wife, her brother, and sister-in-law inside their Evansville home back in 1994. Police say he wore camouflage and face paint when he broke into the home and shot them. About a half dozen people stood outside the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City last night protesting this execution, and he did not try to appeal or ask. How do inmates react right at this at this point? Every every execution that I've been a part of, every offender has done it differently. Most have always has at this point they've. They've accepted their, their, their station, their position, the, the process, and that's happening. Um, one of them, the, the first execution that I was ever a part of, the offender turned to us and, and apologized to us about having to put us in this place. And he apologized to us.
he's allowed to give a final statement. An actual death warrant is read to him so that he understands, again, why he's in this position. And uh, at that point, then, we start the execution process.
are among the most trusted in the institution. John Sawatka is serving life with no possibility of release. How long have you been coming here for your haircut? Um, so John, I've been coming for about seven years. Um, he was living in my cell house, so when I came in, it was just kind of a, a normal face to see, so I sat down and he's been cutting my hair ever since. John, is he a fussy? Uh, no, fussy person to have his haircut? No, no, sir, he's not. He's got an introductory ring, so he likes the highest type. But I was kind of put in check by a, a third person in his life who doesn't like it real high and tight. She likes to be looking faded, so I take care of what his wife wants. He has a very lovely wife. For six days a week, the barbershop is John Sawatka's work. Barbershop work. Working day, the mundane reality. And here we are. Yes, I never came to my mind. I, I, 
Anything you post online, anyone can see. So think before you post. For more information, visit www.cybertipline.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Justice, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the Ad Council. Yes. 
because I had to get his door open. The door was already unlocked because he's a fireman. You know, firemen are out during the day. He was out. And his door was closed the time I had to get his deadlock off because he was about to get in there. I touched him to move him, and he finally showed me that he was responsible. And one thing about it, his light went out. So whoever did it, they wanted to make sure that we didn't see it. You got to be prepared for anything and everything. That situation yesterday, it could have been me getting walked out on a, on a gurney instead of somebody else. You have to be ready for it all. Well, the prisoners in this block will now be locked in their cells for 24 hours a day. It's an obvious safety measure. The prisoners see it as punishment. I went to see how Dennis Lair, who I had met earlier, was coping. Hey, Dennis, how, how are you? Not too bad. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How would you describe the atmosphere on the cell block when there is a lockdown like this? People don't like it. People have their families coming up there. There's, there's no way that they can notify their family and tell them not to come up to visit. Like right now, I've got a cousin, a stepson, who's in the hospital, had major surgery the other day. I don't know what happened. You know, there's no way for me to contact him. And so, I don't know if he lived or died. You know, it was a life, life or death situation. But I have to sit here and I have to wait until I come up live down to find out what happened. How many times has that happened to you since you've been here? Oh, it's happened a lot. I mean, I've been on stretches back 90, 90 or 91 where we've lived down for like 11 months. Straight. How do you cope with being locked down for that period of time? Well, you, you got to deal with it. You, you find something to do to keep you busy. You know, keep busy and keep yourself occupied. You might go crazy. Something bad to do. You know, I'm lucky I've got a TV. Got Rascal in there, so, you know, she, she helps me pass my time. I've got my guitar. How does Rascal cope with being locked in? I don't think she likes it. I think she wants to get out on the range, but uh, um, she's getting into bars now, so I think, uh, I think she wants to get out on the range and run around. The restrictions apply to her as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she can't come out either. You know? <laughs> yeah, she wants out too. It's, it's hot on her too. Well, be the next man to be executed at Indiana State Prison. 
crime still provokes outrage and disgust among the other killers.
from watching it, and I watched the whole, I watched the first part of it, and I was totally blown away when it, before, I, I reviewed it before, before you all, and I was just really just amazed from that. These guys, oh, they committed a crime, they, they know they committed a crime. No, they did. And like that, some of them are ready to die. They know what they did, and they're going to take their punishment, they're ready to die.
They must have got special permission to do this. Um, oh, yeah? But, I'm, but I'm, you know what? I'm glad they did. And that way they'll know. If, if besides hearing the victim's stories, you can hear the prison story and what happened when, you know, what happened, um, what they're doing there, do they think about the victims, do they think about what they did, are they remorseful? All these questions I know that come to mind. And they're sitting there right now, the guy 12 who's right now who is, that was at the, at the time, was executed. I think this was in, 19, okay, this was in 2017. So this was just about, about three, four years ago. So we don't know it. I don't know for sure they all had been executed, but I'm glad he did the interview before they got executed to so hear their story. I like yeah. to hear both sides of the story. But, but you know what? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, though. And this is a pure, purely a sense of opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that everybody that's on death row should be executed. Not, not all of them. Um, there are some who are on that, um, who are on execution because of the terrible crime they did. Like the last guy here, when he cut the throat of the mother and the daughter. And right, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, that, I'm trying to say that. But, but there, but there's some fathers who, who who's on death row. I know you're talking about those who on death row who who didn't do a who that was innocent. Now, right, that's what I'm getting. At. I understand so, that. I understand. You know. So do you think they, they should? You think they should be this, wait a minute. Do you think they should give more? Uh, I said it. More research into uh, finding out what went down, what's going on, before they even put a person on death row, uh, either give them life in prison or a sentence of the death. Well, they, I know, they I know need... personally, I know personally a guy in North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. He was accused. He was accused of killing somebody. Mm-hmm. They, they hurried up and executed him, and they still don't know if if he did it for real or not. They had to say they had an incident here in Savannah. Um, oh. Troy Davis. I, I'm sure you, it's, it's been a national story. It's been a story nationally that went around nationally. And they say he killed a cop. Now there has been some. Uh, there have been some evidence that that was uh, said that he did it. But there's some doubt on the other side of it. There's, there's, there's some little doubt about that he actually killed somebody. He can't right. get the cop. So, yeah, and the law is very, the law is very fickle. Very. But, but I don't think I don't think they even use. I don't think they using the law. I think they they mis misinterpret the law. And use the law as an excuse to go ahead on and, and legally kill somebody. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. But I, I, actually, personally, I'm against death penalty. I'm, I'm a totally against it. Wait, you know what? Don't I, in I it. do believe, like in the biblical term, whereas when the Lord said that, but uh, He used to kill people, man. <laughs> I would like say, "Wow, Lord, you you all right up there?" You know what I mean? Like you just just kill people for lying, even. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like wow. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Person, that's my yeah. personal thing. I I'm I'm totally against it. Um, Me too. No, no matter if it's, you know, if it's, if they cut two people's throat or by rape or whatever, I don't believe in it because it's like the same, it's like the state is playing God. That's, how, that's my opinion of it. I, I stand by that. I, I stand by that totally. Yeah, um, I this this is a personal thing for me, you know. Cause All right. For for because uh, but the story itself is interesting. Um, that's why I presented because I found it, I found it interesting because a lot of times you don't hear you hear the victims you hear the victims' story. But you don't really don't get to hear the, the person who who's behind Ball's story, especially when right, it's right, right, right. But so, you know what? You know, the, irony, the, whole thing, the good thing about the, I said something good to come out of just about everything, no matter how bad it seems sometimes, sometimes there can be some good in it, a good come out of it. Yeah. Right, as horrible. As horrible was that as that crime was, especially when the man raped a four-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Oh and yeah. That, that weighs on his mind. But, but guess what? This man can repent and and go to exactly. heaven. Exactly. Dancing half of the half of the preachers that is that out there behind the pulpit. Now ain't that something to think about? Yeah. It is. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. Come back. Come. We most likely finish talking about this and some other other things. One six zero five five six two zero four four four. Call ID number five 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 one nine pound is the number. Real talk, real issues. Nation talk. Back in the. Different species within each kind. For example, there are dingoes, wolves, 
coyotes, domestic dogs, and all these belong to the same kind. Plus, the Bible says the ark was huge. Perhaps only a half of the ark was needed for the animals. So why was it so big? Well, maybe it was because God allowed room for people who might repent and come on board and thus be saved. But only Noah's family. You know, Noah's ark is really a picture of salvation, and Christ is our modern-day ark of salvation. We'll answer your questions about the Ark and Flood of Noah in our new pocket available to you for a donation of size today. Get this excellent 95-page Ark Call us toll-free, 24 hours a day, 1-888-889-ANSWERS. We'll also send you information about the Noah's Ark For the excellent guide, call 888-889-ANSWERS or on our website, answersoffer.org. Billion of dead things. This is Ken Hare on a mission to strengthen the global church with God's word. If there really was a worldwide flood, what would the evidence be? Well, the dead things, buried, prayers, laid out all over the earth. This is exactly what I Around the globe, there are massive graveyards with millions or even billions of creatures buried together. For example, around the Grand Canyon, billions of noids are buried in an area over. Thousand square miles. Seven trillion tons of buried vegetation are thought with coal seams on every continent. Huh? Trillions of microscopic creatures stretching Britain to the Middle East, even across the Atlantic to the US. These examples they point toward Noah's global flood. To learn more about the compelling evidence for a global flood, visit our award winning website, answersingenesis.org. That's answersingenesis.org. The views and opinions of nations are not necessarily views of generator protections and its sponsors. This is Wherever and whenever it started, it's spitting syllables now. For sure, Quincy Troop Jr., the Peabody Award-winning author and biographer of Miles Davis, is one of its early words shamans. The wind blades. Now let's hear a tribute to one of America's great cities. A city I love. And a city where the revolution all comes together. Chicago. Swing it in. Executed for killing 
A white, a white man. Now, I'm going to try to play some of the Hold on. 
Nigeria and Pierce, but back then they didn't, they obviously didn't take our side of the story, didn't care for our side of the story. Only thing that mattered is that you were a black person that killed a black person, and you were going to die. And it was just as simple as that. But it is a good thing. Times have changed, you know. It's still a struggle nowadays because, you know, a lot of our white men actually go unconvicted, they go unindicted. But that's another story for another day.
just a walk in the park, park. which I'm sure these guys today, they ride garbage trucks and all that shit. But back then, hard labor, you busted your ass. Yeah. And probably got bread and water. Water. But it was in hot Georgia sun, just hardly anything, probably dragging a ball and chain around. So So. after that time, jail changed her. She came back to town, she settled down, she lived with her mother and started a family. She went on to have three children. They seemed happy at the end of the church. She started helping her mom do laundry and clean houses at a maze locals. It didn't pay much, but they were able to survive and she was able to make a lot of living. Then Lena met Ernest Knight, who uh, was a local rich mill owner. It's a it's mill that turned grain into flour. He was, he was a old farmer who was viewed as a brutal and abusive man and was disliked by virtually everyone in town. Now was an alcoholic who kept a pistol strapped to his chest wherever he went. So you know already, booze and guns, just don't play with guns and booze. Together. Separate, they're great. Together, they're awful. Not a good idea. Yeah. Not not the safest plan. In my research, I couldn't find a single good thing about Ernest Knight. Seems like he was just a real dick all the way around. Yeah. Anyway, Ernest Knight hired Lena to care for him while he recovered from a broken leg. I I didn't find out how he broke his leg. I'm just going to hope that he fell down and broke it because he was being an asshole. I hope that it was something terrible. Of April 30th, 1944, Lena went to the house of a local owner 
and told him yeah. that she had shot Knight and his body was at the mill. What? What? Yeah. Owner yeah. told Lena to go to the sheriff. She was cooperative but drunk, so the sheriff gave her time to sleep off the booze. Once she woke up, she told she her the sheriff her, her version of what happened. Knight had came home, had came to her house drunk and asked her to come with him to the mill. Lena, who had already been warned by the sheriff to stay away from him, because she's already been to jail for sleeping with white guys. So she, she didn't want any more trouble. She was just going to try to stay away from him. But Knight wasn't happening. So to buy herself a little time to get away, she asked for money for booze to go to town to get some booze. So Knight stayed at her house while she left. So she went into town, but the local tavern was closed, so she couldn't get any whiskey. So she headed back home, hoping that he would be gone. But she got close she was still waiting on her. So she went and hid into the woods by her house, trying to keep an eye on him and watch. She lost sight of him, so she started heading back home. But Knight cornered her and took her to the mill. He locked her in the mill, and he takes off and goes to a church gathering. So she thought she got away. She thought everything was going to be gone. Like he's going to sober up. I can stay away from him. And then all of a sudden, bam, she's locked up and he's gone. And he grabs her and throws her into the mill. So she's locked into this mill for several hours that night. It's a hot and humid night in the Georgia, in the Georgia summer. I mean, yeah. we're from the south. If you're not from the south, it gets hot as fuck in the, in the south.
With Baker being the only living witness at this point, the details of what happened are pretty sketchy. Yeah. But they say, during the struggle, he meant to grab his gun that he had strapped to his chest and shot him through the head, killing her, killing him instantly. In her words, we hustled over the pistol and it went off. So both of them, well, she probably wasn't, well, she was still drunk when she got to the sheriff, so both of them were fighting over the gun and it went off. How? He went to a church and was drunk. So I asked him to this. <laughs> no, maybe he was Episcopalian. That's true. <laughs> Both religions like religion. That's what they're talking about. That's true. That you see, like, at the bar on Friday night, and then on Sunday morning, you pretend like you know, it's a religion last Wednesday or last Sunday. You used to be a Baptist, y'all. I
So in other words, it should have been like a self-defense. But see, down south in them days, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And they had an no, all-white all jury. They had an all-white huh? jury anyway, so you know, you know the outcome of that. Right, I hear it. I hear it. That's, that's, that's the bad part about the whole thing, man. It's like this is one of the reasons why I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. You know what? I'm having a hard. I had a hard time just to get to come back down here, just to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come down for a visit, okay, and back out. But I'm, I, but I understand. I'm getting used to it though. Not really used to it. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it does. It, 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 once you stay for a while down south, it, you get used to it. Because I was raised down here, so it's 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 just something that I was raised down south. So I was raised down here. I was raised down here too until I got uh, what, fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Yeah. I think I didn't come to Georgia until 1970 or 71. Oh, yeah? Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. but I was in Chicago at that time. Oh, okay. I was was born born down south. But but during that time, my mom and dad, dad, you know, like everybody else, else, went to the big city, they went to Chicago. Um, you know, find work and things like that. I stayed there for about 10, 11 years, 10, 11 and a half years of my life. And, uh, I was, I was real, real, I was a baby when I went to Chicago. I was, I was, I was a ham baby. Okay, baby, okay, baby. Yep, I was a ham baby. And, um, and, uh, and uh, like I said, I didn't get, I didn't come down here until 70, 71, 70, 71. Uh, I had, I did nothing about the South when I got down here. Everybody talked uh, funny. And still do. I couldn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't understand me. Where are you saying you're from? Where are you saying you're from? Chicago. <laughs> hey! Get four years from Chicago! <laughs> Chicago! Yeah, he's from Chicago! I couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> it, 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 then once I started, Sorry. you know, you know, being around... <laughs> Other people my age and things like that. I kind of gotten, uh, I, I got used to it. Uh, it was hard. But that's how it is down south. Especially here in Georgia. I, I think here in Georgia, they, they, they do lethal. They, they did away with, um, but they did away with, um, um, Electric chair. They call they call old Sparky. They got they got away. They 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 done away with that. Now they do elite projections now. But you know what? It really don't matter. 
Hey, death is death. Yeah. It ain't no such thing as an honorable death. That in, yeah. that in that respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That that was a big thing here in the state of Georgia. Um, if you did a crime, a very serious crime, you convict you, you go to lecture chair. That's how yep. that's how Lena Baker died. She died in the lecture. She was the first woman and and first black woman, as as a matter of fact. To die in the lecture chair. Wow. Here in the city of Georgia. Yep. I did not know it until I, I was, watch. I was on YouTube and I, I saw Tachina. I oh, I cannot pronounce her name. Arnold from 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 Martin and um, the neighborhood, and I watched it and going, wow. And I never heard the I never heard the story before. Now this the that's that's a story I've never heard until now. Okay. That's another um un, uh, unknown black fact. A little known black fact. Hey, look here. Not to cut you up, but are you gonna do anything for Black History Month? I may, yeah, yeah, you know what? I may, I may just, just do, that. do that. I may just do um, um, some things in February. Um, I've done it before. Four. And I yeah. may do it again. I'm going um, to do some research on some those those, those who we we know in some things we didn't know. Right, I hear you. I, 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 I used to do that on television. Yeah. Quite some relations won't be back on until February the 1st. Uh, well, you going to take another break? Well, well I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, take a, I'm taking a break until February and start up the end. You just came off a break. Well, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still doing nation talk, talk, but I, but I haven't been back on Saturday nights since um, um, since the holidays. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, so I'm okay. do it over to. I'm waiting to to February, and that'd be the perfect right, time. Right. History. That'd be the perfect time to play my black history. Back. Wait a minute. What, what's what's the, what's February uh, Valentine's Day and uh, and and what else? President's Day, Black History Month, um, Valentine's Day, Cherry Blossom, Cherry Blossom festivals, basketball. Okay. Uh, what you that's got a, that's a, basketball, um, what? what? That's in DC. That's in uh, DC. No, but that's just something to think about. That's a, a conversational piece. Okay. You know, the flowers started blooming. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do. Especially, I think we're going to have an early, early, I think we'll have an early spring. 
So what what I usually call it after uh, uh, December and January is what I call cabin fever. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the white cell. Cabin fever, and then uh, February and March is spring uh, beginning. is a new life, new beginning, new life. That's when all of the babies are being born and the wild and the animals being born. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, and the flowers boy. start to grow. So the bees oh. and the birds. Yep. New beginning. Yep. yep. Well, that is like, uh, in, in my uh, in my ministry, it's called spring cleaning. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know nothing about them days. I got a sermon about that. Huh? On that subject. I got a sermon on that subject. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Grand, hey, Mama used to say, all right, y'all clean this house out, open up the windows, let the air come in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, I remember doing it every spring. Spring cleaning, boy. Oh, Lord, Lord yeah. yeah. Get the yard done, bushes trimmed, weeds cooked. All right, now. Wait, 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 wait. You know what time it is? Yep. <laughs> All right, then. Well, well, it, well, well I, I was late. I was running late anyway, well, trying to fool up with, with these, fool up these computers. <laughs> yeah, all right. I got you. And thanks for the right, message. Yeah. You got it, got it for me. Well, all right. I'll talk to you later. Be blessed, man. Have a good one. All right. Have a good, a good week. week. All right. You too. Take care now. Okay. The views uh, of Nation Talk. The views of Nation Talk. The views of Talk Show, Jam Radio, The Duchess. And this process. Be sure to listen next Sunday for Real Talk on Issues. Nation Talk, right here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. Nation Talk is a Jam Radio production presentation. Good night. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.